overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in number one to eight. Welcome in to another episode of Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxinian family. We are coming off the heels of a dominating performance by the number fifth ranked Houston Cougars basketball team as they throttled number 25 ranked Texas Tech at the Fertitta Center. They had a big bounce back response after their two game skid in those two um, really heartbreaking road losses on the road to TCU and Iowa State. Uh, joining me as always, Dayon Dunlop. Dayon, first and foremost, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Let's get right into it. When we're talking about this game, Houston, Texas Tech, Jamal Shedd. We got to start with Jamal Shedd. He was a man a on a mission. He did everything. He, gave, he, he set up his teammates. 10 assists for him in this game. He had 29 points, and really he helped carry the scoring load in the first half early when it seemed like Houston was trying to find some type of rhythm offensively, and he came through, and they never looked back. It really was a point guard masterclass. Just all things considered, looking at this season, how it's going so far, how they started non-conference play, and then how they started conference play, then having a two-game losing streak, with one of your childhood friends as your backcourt mate, knowing he's struggling. And I like one of the tidbits that the broadcast team said that Jamal was kind of heckling and and, and um, talking to LJ, like, come on, man, you got to get out of this shooting slump. It's kind of messing with him all, all week. I mean, well, not all week, um, since the last couple games. And so considering that and considering his aggressive approach to how he started the game, being aggressive, looking to score and set the tempo. But not only that, his shot selection of the shots that, that he took, he only took one three-point in that first half, had 15 points, and all his shots was inside the paint from his mid-range, getting inside, using his floater, finishing with the right hand, going right, going left, mid-range. He really put on a full display and, and a point guard clinic. I, I think that this play right here is professional point guard play. The way he played tonight, the way he picked the spots, the way that he got his team, just all around, he, he played a tremendous game. Absolutely. Like I mentioned, 29 points for him in this game against the Red Raiders. It is a new career high for him, and he shot the ball extremely well. 12 for 16 from the field. That's 75%. Like you mentioned, didn't necessarily shoot that many threes, but when he did, they were good ones. He was two for three from behind the three-point line, and Kind of a very interesting stat line, but only three free throw shot all game long by the Houston Cougars, and they all came from Jamal Shedd. He was perfect three for three from the line. It was an interesting uh, tidbit from the, the broadcast here that the game was in ESPNU, but Jamal Shedd had only been to the free throw line for the season a handful of times. He had been to the free definitely. throw line, yeah, just roughly over 20 now. Um, with the three free throws he had in this game. But, yeah, that was a little bit surprising when they said that. Relatively um, low considering, but in this game in particular, 
like you said, he was being very precise. He was kind of dissecting the Texas Tech defense, and it just ignited the rest of the offense. And he was able to set up, like you mentioned, LJ Cryer, who, uh, you know, positive sign from him. Hopefully he's heading in the right direction when it comes to breaking out of that shooting slope. He had eight points himself, shot two for four from the field. But this was really a case of, hey, follow my lead, and the Cougars did exactly that. Excuse me, they did. And he just set this tempo from not only his shot making, his um, his energy. And I think that settled down LJ and, and really allowed him to, to get the wide open looks. Coach Sampson called a great play coming out of the timeout, got LJ a wide open three. He's able to knock it down. But I love one of the plays before that. He gave up a great look knowing he's on a slump, a wide open look. Pass it to the corner to Ramon Walker, and he knocked down a three. Then the next possession down the floor, he got a wide open look, and he knocked it down. And so that's just basketball karma, the, um, the ball, basketball, having energy, finding LJ. And so I really like the game that he played tonight. I really let the game come to him, come to him didn't force anything, got inside, was able to get something in his mid-range. But, I mean, th- this game was about Jamal Shedd. I, I think he really put his, his imprint not only – on this season, but I think going forward on this team, you said uh, he's proficient. I mean, not, not proficient. He was, pro- I forgot the words you used, but he was definitely um, efficient and prolific with his scoring and just the shots that he take. It was no bad shot. It was all shots that he know he can make and he made them. And it was, it was beautiful to watch. I mean, from every decision that he made, getting everybody involved, still had um, over 10 assists the second Game his career with 20 points, 10 plus assists. It was beautiful. Yeah, second game, going back to his freshman season when he did it against Our Lady of the Lake. Um, we want to wake, welcome each and every single person that's joining us, whether you're watching us on the uh, YouTube on Pod Slam Jamma YouTube channel, Houston Rombar Review YouTube channel, or if you're joining us from X.com on the Pod Slam Jamma account. We have a lot of comments. Of course, we're trying to get in as many as possible. Raul HD says, I hope you guys read this this comment. Great response back in, in terms of Houston after the two-game skid. Jamal was on fire all night, and everyone chipped in. However, Shed having to step up when his role to be the floor general takes, uh, I'm assuming he's, he's alluding, it takes away from his duty. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure about that comment. I think in this game in particular, he was just asked. There was kind of a void where in the first half, Texas Tech, was playing a lot of energy, and it was kind of reminiscent of those TCU-Iowa State games where they were just hanging in, and when Jamal Shedd found his groove offensively, it just flipped the switch, and Houston took off from there, and he was still a floor general in this game. He was finding – I mean, he was just finding his teammates uh, with some excellent core vision in this game, and I I don't know if it necessarily took away from his duties as a floor general in this game in particular. Yeah, I I don't know about that either because part of being a floor general – is having the impulse and the vision of knowing what to be aggressive to score, knowing the impulse of your team. And I think not only having that mindset coming into the game to what I mentioned, but noticing early in the game how they were playing um, LJ and other players and knowing like, okay, I I need to step up to scoring. And not only that, that's still um, part of his duty in regards to being a floor general, not just making plays, but – making plays to score in which 
a lot tonight. Houston played a lot of four guards. And then what that did was spread the floor even more for Jamal to allow him continue to get inside the lane and pick and choose his spots, in which when they started to collapse, he made the right play and made the pass. And so when he's really just efficient when hunting his shot, it just makes his team so so good. He's oftentimes aggressive to score like he was tonight, but I think the difference was the spots that he got to and shooting his floaters, getting inside the paint, shooting his mid-range. He had like two or three mid-range jumpers. I think just that's an important shot in his game that I, I think he needs to add and continue to um, shoot even more because I think that can set him apart. Not, long, not only how important is the three-point shot and of course, he needs to continue to be more of an efficient three-point shooter. But if he can be prolific mid-range shooter, I like Chris Paul with the playmaking and his decision-making and his tenacity on the defensive end. He's the best guard in the country on the defensive end, without a doubt. I think if he continues to do anything, he can definitely play in the NBA. But from what I've seen tonight, he, he looked like the best point guard in the country. Yeah, you're not alone in that sentiment, Texas Tech. Um, coach, head coach Grant McCaslin had high praise for Jamal Shedd after the game. This is a quote from Joseph Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle on X.com. He says that tech head coach Grant McCaslin said Jamal Shedd was not going to lose this game. He looked like the best guard in our league, which obviously we're talking big, about the Big 12 and how rich in talent this league is. But I think Jamal Shedd and Houston in general, but Jamal Shedd specifically had a statement game. They, they they made a statement in terms of the performance they had against Texas Tech, a Red Raiders team that entered this game as the lone undefeated team in the Big 12. So with Houston's big victory over the Red Raiders, there are now no longer any undefeated teams left in the Big 12 Conference. Houston improves to 2-2 two and two in Big 12 play. Obviously, overall, they are now 15 and two, um, the interesting comment I wanted to bring up from, again, one of our viewers on YouTube, by the way, if you're just joining us, whether it be on X.com, any of our YouTube platforms, be sure to join the conversation, leave a comment and be a part of the show. But Eric Hudson says great win, but we still need a backup point guard to run the offense. And this game in particular is very interesting. No minutes by Malik Wilson in the first half did not play. But Kelvin Sampson still gave Jamal Shedd a bit of an interesting early rest. He came out around the 16-minute mark, brought in Damian Dunn, and he kind of let LJ Cryer fill in, in the, as a role of that point guard. But then that's interesting there. It seems yeah. like Jamal Shedd is still – not Jamal Shedd, head coach Kelvin Sampson is still trying to figure out how he's going to get those minutes of Jamal Shedd rest and who's going to be point guard when Jamal Shedd is not on the court. Yeah, and I noticed that difference in the lineup that you just mentioned. And I, I think that's something that he should stick with, in my opinion. Because um, although I, I spoke highly of Wilson, I like what I've seen from him. Just the way that I think LJ ignites the offense that he can. And his ability, the threat of him shooting allows LJ, and whether it's Ramon, because he also played Ramon more extensive minutes of tonight early than, than he normally would as well. Uh, I think that's better for the team because whether it's LJ and with Jamal's off the floor, they still can have that floor spacing. And when he gets a pick and roll, it can be aggressive to look to score. But not only that, in the half court, Damian Dunn can be a player that you can play through along with JVA or um, Jay Wan, depending on whichever big you have on the floor. And so I, I like what I've seen tonight. You know who actually had a great game was Damian Dunn. 
He had a mm-hmm. great game tonight. Outside of looking, just looking at his scoring, I'm looking at that. His defense, he was everywhere. I love his decision making. He got the ball oftentimes in his spots, but he made a great choice to the way the defense was playing and not having a good look and just moving the ball, letting the play continue. So he really had a great game tonight defensively, his decision making offensively. And so uh, I think. Playing Damian more minutes allows him to settle into the game, get that rhythm, and he can play more freely and pick and choose his spots knowing that, okay, I don't have to force this shot here because I'm going to play more extensive minutes and I can just pick and choose my spots even more. He was very active defensively in the game, too. There sure. was a couple um, – he got a lot of tips and just being in the passing lanes, and there was a couple times where he was on the floor diving for a loose ball. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Dunn came in and was you – know, I mean, he played a pivotal role in this game, but he was very active, specifically not just on the offensive side, but defensively as well. Obviously, Jamal Shedd steals the headlines. He had a very great offensive performance top to bottom, but kind of an underrated, two underrated performances – um, specifically, I start with Jawan Roberts because before Jamal Shedd kind of found his groove, Houston was going through Jawan Roberts early, and Jawan Roberts mm-hmm. was really the offense that Houston had for the first five minutes. Um, not only going to him in the post, but being able to clean up a lot of misses and and being physical with, against those Texas Tech, especially against twenty two for Texas Tech, or just a, a crazy athletic player battling uh, in the trenches against them. Yeah, and I like how they went to him early, coming off the game that he'd had. You want to continue, see if he's in that same rhythm that he played with in that last game. And he was able to get a bucket. And I, and I like that inside-out combination. I think you do need a low-post threat, and he's showing ability that he can be that consistently along with everything else he brings on the floor. He is another player who had a really good game. But offensively, I like that. I'm still waiting on him just to at least take one mid-range jump shot. He hasn't taken <laughs> one all season. He works on it so much. And our interview on our Pod Slam Jammer YouTube with Keller Sampson, he talked about J1 maybe even stepping out and taking some threes and showing his jumping that he worked on for the last four or five years. And we just haven't seen it yet. But um, I love what I've seen from him. He, he He's not only um, a reliable option on offense, but defense, his rebounding, he's been spectacular. Oh, you're exactly right, Dayan. You are not you are not exaggerating when you said for literally the past four or five years they have been working on the jumper when it comes to the mid-range jumper and for the past couple of seasons expanded to the three-point line and haven't been necessarily been able to see it in the game, but maybe that's coming soon enough. But no, most definitely when it comes to Jawan Roberts, a pivotal role. And like you said, building from his good performance against TCU and he had, he finished with a good game, twelve points, seven rebounds. Javier Francis himself also had six points, six rebounds. JoJo Tugler had a couple of big plays here and there. You won't see it just from a stashy, although he still got five rebounds in thirteen minutes. Picked up his his daily or his his game average of four fouls, almost fouls out in those thirteen minutes. But he had a very good hustle play in the second half where it looked like the ball was going out of bounds, saved it tip it back straight into the hands of Jamal Shedd, and it sparked a fast-break opportunity for Houston. So good good bounce-back game for him. And it come to, like we talked about against TCU, where he looked like a freshman in that game, had a couple more positive plays in this game against the Red Raiders. Yeah, he did, and that was a great athletic play not to give up on that play when he saved it, which um, led to an one by Jamal, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I mean, you see bits and flashes of him, his athleticism, his length, 
and just all that he can be and the upside that he has. And so, I mean, game by game, stacking it up, maybe just still slow down. I don't know, maybe if he's overexcited a bit with some of these fouls, he just maybe going a step too fast. And some of his players bumping him a little bit to create the contact to cause fouls. And so, um, but Jojo, he, he's very promising, man. I like what I've seen one time that he missed kind of a point blank floater, and I, I he seemed to be upset at himself for missing it. But other than that, I mean, uh, Jojo is a very, very uh, has a very, very high ceiling, and I love his length and the way he can bother shots and even block shots. Jay blocked some good shots. Too. I mean, JVA blocked some good shots tonight too. Yes, sir. We'll talk about Javier a little bit in a moment. But again, for those of you guys that are joining us on YouTube, X, any of our platforms, thank you for spending time here on this Wednesday night following Houston's big win over number 25, Texas Sex 77 to 54. This is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxinian family. Big thank you to Steve Saxinian for being a primary sponsor, not only of this episode, but each and every single episode of Let's Rage Cougs following each and every single men's basketball regular season game. And of course, we also like to say thank you for today's secondary sponsor in Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of the locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. On the topic of Javier Francis, he also had a moment right there where, um, going back to last season, he, he it was in the second half. It, it, I think it was Jamal Shedd who might have given him uh, the perfect pass, and he was right under the basket. Years past, maybe he goes up with a simple hook shot or floater in this game. He went up, he dunked it, which is good to see that difference uh, between him even just Something from a, a season ago, there was a couple of times where he would shoot that floater and it would bounce out the rim. He made sure he didn't miss in this game, which, again, kind of it's a very small thing, but it's some progress that he's made over the course of last season with, I mean, just with experience. You have to go up and dunk it, especially in this league. And some adjustment that he made over the last couple of weeks, we've been asking for that. And over the last couple of weeks, he has been going up with force and aggression and dunking a basketball. And it's been good to see. I think even Cole Sampson missed it, mentioned it in one of his weekly press conference of wanting JVA to go up and dunk the basketball. And I love what I see from him. Um, I, I think this with with this just this matchup. Excuse me, Houston played a lot of four guards with Jay uh, Jay Wan at the five. But when Jay Wan is on the floor, he impacts the game, especially on defense, because he um, bothers every shot and blocks most of them. But most shots he's going to go up, he's going to bother it if he's anywhere near the rim. It's just his length and his activity, the way he's able to rotate, move his feet to guards and help helpers. And the defense, is, it looks like the best of the country. The, the way they rotate, the way they – play all together on one stream and JVA is the anchor of that on the back end, cleaning up everything. Uh, I love this team defensively. I love him being the anchor on the back end. Bring up this comment by uh, Rusty Reed. Javier Dunker pass. He said three hook shots that weren't even close. Uh, the hook shots, I think what, what bothered Francis, he, I feel like he, a lot of the defense, or maybe it's just the way the play turned out, but he got pushed out. Some of those yeah. hook shots, he was shooting it from way out there. And uh, maybe it just, uh, I mean, give credit to Texas oh, Tech. Um, but yeah, there was a couple of hook shots where. You, he shot them from pretty far, and yeah, like Rusty Reed pointed out, they weren't necessarily the previous hook shots. Yeah, no, Rusty's right on that one. 
Gian uh, Cardenas's comment: first official win this season against a ranked opponent, where Houston played them, being ranked, and Dayton is now in the top twenty-five. But obviously, they weren't ranked when Houston played them uh, a couple months ago. So, I mean, fair for the people that. Um, specifically when it comes to across the Big 12, they were, oh, Houston can't beat a top 25 opponent. Well, they did that today, and not only that they beat Texas Tech, but they did so in a very convincing manner, although if you look at the, I mean, the net rankings, Houston lost two games, and uh, they just did not move from number one, so you'll take rent. a win against a ranked team, it's good, but they're going to have more opportunities. Um, one, very well, that obviously they're not going to be a ranked team when they come in here on Saturday, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're ranked by the time the season ends, and that's UCF who pulled up a big win in Austin against the Texas Longhorns. And obviously, of course, we know that they pulled up a big win not too long ago against Kansas at home in Orlando, so uh, that's not going to be uh, – Obviously, every game in the Big 12 is not going to be easy, but former American Athletic Conference opponent is going to be a tough test for the Cougars because UCF is playing really well, and they've shown that they're they're playing with the big boys really well. But we'll get up. We'll talk about UCF later in a bit. Let's talk about Emmanuel Sharp, who <laughs> almost exact same stat line as LJ Cryer. He had eight points three for eight shooting from the field shot two for five from the three um, as compared to LJ Cryer's two for four from the three pointer. But he also had three rebounds, had three personal fouls, but he hit some big threes early in um, or honestly throughout the game where it helped create separation against Texas tech. What did you see from Emmanuel Sharp in this game? He definitely did hit some timely threes early earlier, but um, like Damien, I think he's another player who had a really good game. Um, with not not really just looking at his scoring. The other ways that he impacted the game, the way he played defense, the way he was moving, actually moved the ball, wasn't a ball stopper. Not that he, he is often, but he just did a good job of playing his role for tonight. I think all players recognized that it was Jamal's night, and they relished in there, and they kept the ball in his hands, kept in the flow of the game, and, and kind of keeping him alive with – um how he was hot and how he was rolling. So he did a good job of that because the shots that he made were good looks created by Jamal. And I think with his threat of his three-point ability really enables. And I think one of the comments say Jamal should be the first option going forward mm-hmm. right here. I, I think I agree with that. <clears throat> I think I agree with that. Although LJ is a, is a better shooter, we do have probably – better scores i think with this team jamal should be the first option going forward in the realm of keeping the right floor spacing allowing him to make the right play whether it be to score or it be to pass i think that's the option that it needs to be of course coach Epson is great in college certain sets at a timeout getting certain players the ball and letting the game let the story of the game um dictate what what, what he does in the game but to start the game, I definitely can see Jamal being the first option. And I agree with you for a sense in terms of, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Jamal shed one, Jawan Roberts two. And what I mean by that, like I think LJ Cryer and Emmanuel Sharp as well, they do much better when they catch shots and they're in rhythm, much so as 
you know, they're asked to be the number one option. Hey, go go get a basket. And I think once they can get easier baskets in rhythm, hopefully that gives them confidence later on in the game. And the two players that really are the one player specifically that can kind of go to create a shot like we saw today is Jamal Shedd. And that just feeds off the rest of the team. And obviously we know Jawan Roberts. He is a very, very person you can just drop in the in the post and you can count on him on being able to get a quality shot and more more often than not being able to get you two points down there in the in the low post which again in this game we saw Jawan Roberts go first and then Jamal Shedd carry the load later on yeah no I agree with you and I think what we're what we're what you're referencing is in the half court set Mm-hmm. Yes, him yes. being the, the primary, I'm the second option, and I would agree with that. I, I think I like that, and that gives you a balanced attack. But as well, because sometimes in <clears throat> you have um, transition sets in which Jamal and maybe Damien or whoever, I mean, a Damien LJ, whoever can be that first option in those sets. But like you said, when the game slows down the half court, I think Jamal, then J1 too. But the X factor on this team going forward, and Fred Fischilla mentioned it, and I agree 1,000% is Damian Dunn. I think just a consistent play and his ability to take over games and ability to score at a prolific and an efficient rate, but already with what he's doing defensively, could take Houston over the top to be a really, really contender and really, really hit their stride and be a national national championship contender. Because I, I think, I mean, we see what we're going to get from LJ, and it, it kind of reminds me of Kyla Edwards in regards mm-hmm. of what he what he brings this team um, defense can play on ball and can can make some plays here and there. can create some shots a little bit here and there for himself a little bit off the pick and roll, but it's an exceptional spot-up shooter. And I, I would say he's probably even a better spot-up shooter, in my opinion, than Kyler, but I, I think I, I agree with you for sure there. And then um, with Emmanuel, I even – I, and I've talked about this in previous episodes. I, I think he's developed so much and it's developing in, into a score. Like we're mentioning, someone can get it off the bounce. And he's done a tremendous job of not just being a spot-up shooter and, and not only being able to create plays, but get himself to the free throw line and be in the score in different ways. And so, but um, in the realm of what we're seeing, I, I definitely agree with what you, I think Jay one two in the half court for sure. You mentioned Frischilla in the ESPN uh, broadcast. One of the things that they mentioned today, which I want to bring up because I, I find it, I tend to agree with what they said, but X-Factor, Damian Dunn, um, when he's going offensively, and obviously that's that's been the big what-if question that we've been talking about for now 17 games, but if they're going to make a deep NCAA run, which is what they mentioned in, in the ESPN broadcast, he's going to be pivotal in terms of how far Houston goes. And I agree 100% with that. Like we mentioned today, he was active defensively. Didn't I mean, he didn't have any eye-popping offensive numbers, but he played his role really well. He came in, didn't make any um, mistakes when it comes, if you want to use uh, Rusty Reed's uh, comments, but he is going to be pivotal in terms of Houston success, not only later on in Big 12 play, but also however far they go in the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah, I agree 1,000% because of I think LJ is already set in stone in regards to what he's going to bring. It's just going to be, is he making his shot? And if he's making his shot, then, then that's great. 
but whether regardless if he's making a shot or not, it seems as if he's going to be on the floor. And the threat of him being on the floor is still is enough to impact the game on the offensive end. And with that, you could add Damian Dunn and his ability to isolate in a mid-post and create, whether for himself or for others, with LJ, whether with Emmanuel and Jamal all potentially be in the game at the same time. It only can really take them to another level because it adds an, a, another scoring option in the half-court set, but just in 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 any set in regards to a shot maker, you can isolate. He can knock down threes. He can catch a shoot. He can create it uh, off the bounce. Like you've seen the pull up three that he made today. And so I think he's definitely the X factor going forward. And, and with him being consistent, knowing I think from him it just takes to playing more minutes and getting that consistency and that rhythm. And I think he continue to to build on what he's done so far in the season. Can then stack up the consistent. Um, Games, game by game. Rusty Reed's comment on YouTube, bringing some data to today's episode of Dutch Rage Cougars called the Fertitta Center, the Den of Doom. Big 12 opponents averaging a 28.5 point loss, scoring just 54.5 points. He's exactly right there. Texas Tech was held exactly to 54 points in this game. Obviously, West Virginia was held to 50 five uh, a couple weeks ago in the big 12 opener that houston had i want to bring up uh, the boss 19's comment curious to get your thoughts do you think shed can sustain this load remember his knees gave out last year during march i think the biggest thing is just trying to be able to give him consistent rest which again like we mentioned in this game i mean it, it stood out to us where you know, 16 minutes he's out and he gets a rest and he got like a minute or two in addition to the media timeout to to be able to rest and it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be moments like that because again we talked about it uh, again not to, to bring up the espn broadcast a lot but they mentioned how you know, last year in the american athletic conference and when it was those memphis games those were the physical battles in conference well here in the big 12 every single game is like that we even saw in the beginning of this game where you know texas tech was matching the physicality of houston the first uh, six, seven, eight minutes until Houston was able to create some separation and they got up by 10. So how as much as uh, wear and tear that Jamal Shedd had a season ago, they're going to need him to be able to pull out these wins against Texas Tech opponents. And it definitely is going to take us tall on Shed through the season. It's just going to be able to find those moments, you know, be – be pivotal in terms of when he comes out and get rest and kind of play the system and, and try to buy him some extra time when it comes to taking advantage of the media timeout. Yeah, um, I, I think he can sustain it. But like you said, it's important for Coach Sampson and his staff to, to monitor his minutes and not overdo it and, and make sure he, he's healthy and has enough gas in the tank down the stretch to fully put his foot on the pedal the way we need him to in the NCAA tournament. But through conference play, I think you can manage the minutes with, with how he did tonight with LJ initiating the offense or others. But like Rusty said, Rusty's been on it tonight. Malik is definitely the best slasher, but he hasn't been able to put the ball in the hole consistently. And he's got a good looks, but just call it what it is. He hasn't put the ball in the hole consistently. But getting inside and slashing and his ability to grab the rebound and control the tempo, I think – it's still a role for him in certain games. And so I think it's a game-by-game -game basis. I think Cole Simpson is still trying to figure out that right seven or eight guys rotation 
that he's going to lock in and really trust. And I think tonight was a bright sign and it could be playing Ramon a little more. And I really, really like that because of all the things that he brings. And I'm a huge Ramon Walker fan. And I think with him showing that he can knock down the three and his, his willingness to take those shots um, can only bode well for this team, especially when they go to that four guard lineup and he's one of those fourth guards. And so I think it is, I think he can sustain it, but they have to, monitor his minutes going down uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, to add on to Rusty Reed's comment, most definitely Malik Wilson, like we touched on, post-game against TCU, I believe. Best slasher, he has a very good ability at being able to get to the rim, being able to finish once he gets to the rim, um, has been a different story. Let's talk about Ramon Walker on the other side. But again, real quickly, thank you to each and every single one of you guys that are taking the time out of your Wednesday night to watch us live, whether it be on the Park Slam Majama YouTube channel or the Houston Rombaugh Review YouTube channel or on our Park Slam Majama X account. Join us, be a part of the conversation. Thank you, Rusty Reed, DBoss19, Gian Cardenas, Michael Jones, Chris B, Jack Travis, Ron HD, Ignacio, and Eric Hudson for taking um, the initiative to comment on this show. We'd like to hear from you guys what you think of this bounce back win by number five Houston against, like Gian Cardenas mentioned, 25 ranked Texas Tech. First win for Houston this season when they beat a ranked opponent um, that was ranked at the time of the game. And, of course, we'd like to welcome each and every single one of you to Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Cougs is the original Houston postgame show for each and every single men's basketball and football game. And like I mentioned, a big thank you to Steve Saxonian, who is the primary sponsor not only of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, but each and every single episode for the remainder of the men's basketball regular season. And for today's show, also a thank you to Star Pizza for being today's secondary sponsor. Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of the locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. And with that being said, Dan, you hit it. The nail right on the head right before we did our ad reads. But Ramon Walker in this game, it was something that it was very clear during that run that Texas Tech was more than willing to give up the corner three to Ramon Walker. He was open the first time, didn't hesitate, shot it, um, didn't make it. It was short, but it came right back to him. And again, no hesitation, and he made it the second time. And that is big right there for him when it comes to a confidence standpoint that he's he's not second-guessing. He's open. He lets it fly. And it doesn't hurt that the ball goes through on his second attempt because now that's something where, hey, if he's able to knock down that shot at, what, at a 30 33% clip, like one out of three, that's something that if you're Houston, you'll take. And if you're opponents like that, that could be the deck. Like, that it's really hard to be able to stop Houston if he's knocking down those shots at at like I said at, least, at like one out of three. I think Houston would take that every day of the week. Yeah, and one thing he did, he put that on film. That's something teams are going to watch film and realize. Okay, he can make this shot, so don't just stand back and, and not and allow him to shoot him. Or they may have the um, mindset will prove that he can make this shot. And so for him, like you said, excuse me. <coughs> Um, taking and making that shot and not no hesitation, showing confidence and letting it go and making it was big. I think if he can do that and, and, and make it maybe one out of three or, or an efficient clip, 
he can earn us more. He can earn even more minutes because of at the end of the day, you got to be able to put the ball in the hole. Coach Sampson, yeah. he does definitely wants you to play defense and culture, 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 do all that. But at the end of the day, he's going to put people on the floor who can put the ball in the hole. The game doesn't count stops. It doesn't count that it, it, you it can't counts score. Points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. score on stops. And so uh, I, I definitely big sign for Ramon. And hopefully there's something going forward that builds confidence and he can get more minutes t- to earn the role here the rest of the season. Raul HD says, thank you for having us on and for being podcast host. Y'all are awesome. Love the analysis you provide and breakdown of the game, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And big thank you right back, Raul, for yeah, not only um, for the compliment, but like we said, for being a active participant and listener engaging uh, with the conversation. No, Dayon, to your point, I mean, Coach Calvin Sampson said it on record, too. They recruit players for their offensive skill set, for the talent. Once they get to the campus, they can teach them the defense. But, no, absolutely, like you said, the goal of the game is to put the ball through the basket. I'm looking through um, the – social media one of the comments Kelvin Sampson said about LJ Cryer he said um, this is courtesy of gokugs.com I love the way LJ played defense tonight so most definitely LJ Cryer's defense a high point in this game um, give me a second the quote um, fell off I love the way LJ played tonight his defense was incredible I can't tell you how proud I am of LJ and quote so high praise from the head coach on Mr. Cryer following this big win over Texas Tech. Yeah, and I love the way he played defense as well. I, I think, like I mentioned with Damian Emmanuel, I mean, all three of those players really had good games, and they really had not much to do with offense. I mean, the way that uh, it was, I can remember a sequence where LJ stopped the ball. I think Damian, well, he he helped. Jamal and was able to stop the ball that Damien helped him and stop the ball. And so it was tremendous defense. I mean, 1000%. I, I love the game that he had tonight. And joining us from inside the Fertitta Center is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Chris, can you hear us? I can now that I plugged in my buds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? I'm good. Um, let's get. To it, the, the group. Before we even get into any of the post game, the biggest thing, Chris, when Houston went on that run in the first half and they initially got up to ten, could it, we could hear it from the broadcast. But what was it like to be in the stadium? Um, what was the crowd like in this game against Texas Tech? It was great and annoying. There was a good number of Texas Tech fans in the building. Had a very loud, some would say obnoxious man sitting next to us in the media section. He would lead the Raider chants and yell and scream after every tech bucket. And for some strange reason, he would yell, it's quiet after a tech scored or during timeouts. And some of the Cougar fans are like, yo, man, it's a timeout. Yeah, it's quiet. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And then some of the Cougar fans started pointing to the scoreboard, doing a scoreboard chant. And he wasn't very good at responding to those kind of things. and But I give him credit. He stayed till the end of that butt whooping that the Cougars put on his team. And uh, so Big 12 fans, I guess it's good to have uh, a lot of 
Tech fans in Houston to attend the game, or maybe they came from Lubbock, or whatever. That's part of being in Big 12 also. So rivalries is here. Fans are going to be obnoxious. Part of it. But salute to Jamal Shedd and his career night. Let's talk on the topic of Jamal Shedd. What did Kelvin Sampson have to say about Shedd after the game? Uh, <laughs> it was funny. A colleague asked a question about Coach Sampson's thoughts on Jamal's career night, 29 points, 10 assists, had a great percentage. Coach Sampson's majority of his answer was about the experience of Reggie Cheney compared to the inexperience of, of, of JoJo Tugler. <laughs> And then he got to Jamal shit toward the end of the answer about Jamal may never have another night like tonight. So don't expect it. And he was, he was harping on folks who may say the cliche. If Jamal plays like this, the Cougars could be the team to beat this year. Or if Jamal did, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so he made his point. Then he took a few shots at media with, you know, certain cliches and things of that sort. But he touched on it that he spoke to Jamal shoot around, and he said that he told Jamal that how much he appreciated him for what he's done and how he's grown in the program. And Coach said, and this is the first time I've heard him say this about Jamal, really, he said Jamal, when he really got to know him, when Jamal was younger, freshman, you know, coming as a senior recruit in high school, Coach Sampson said Jamal was a turd. He said Jamal <laughs> was, was, was a kind of player that for a weaker coach, he would run over that coach. Coach Sampton said Jamal needed a tougher coach like him to make Jamal a better player, a better person. And Jamal just nodded his head. Yes, that's that's true. So coach said that God put Jamal in, you know, in his life to make Jamal a better player and Jamal be a part of this program. Yeah, definitely. That's the first time I've I've heard of that. That's interesting from the Jamal Shed we've seen the past two seasons. It's it's, it's hard to believe, but uh, yeah, you got anything to say about that comment? Nah, <clears throat> I think it is kind of surprising because um, you, you never really heard that um, analogy associated with Jamal. But um, into his cliche in regards to. If Jamal can have a night like this, then cool, well, Cougs, whatever he would have said. Uh, for me, it's not necessarily having a a scoring night like this. It's more about taking the shots that he shot tonight like this. He only took, what, three threes, but most of his shots was inside the arc, inside the paint from his floaters to his mid-range game. And whether he's making or missing those shots, if he's taking those shots – getting inside the lane, that opened up the complete offense and, and creating shots for LJ, for Emmanuel, or if you want to throw it down the block to Jay Warren or Damian. So just the mindset of I'm going to create the tempo. I'm going to set the intensity with being aggressive, whether I make or miss my shots tonight, I'm setting the pace. This is how we're going tonight. Follow my lead. If he can play like that and do that, then Houston can do um, whatever they whatever they want to do for this season. They can reach their goals, in my opinion. And, and Tech's head coach, Grant McCaslin, said after the game of Jamal Shedd, he said Jamal Shedd was not going to let Houston lose tonight. Hmm. He will the Cougs. It was, it was just like no doubt in his mind that Jamal Shedd was leading the Cougars to win tonight. You could just see it. Coach McCaslin said something that we've touched on a lot 
about newcomers, teams who have not faced Houston before. He said it. You know, Houston's physicality, their length, their toughness on defense took my, took his guys a while to get used to because they had never seen it before. And he said, hey, this is the best defensive team in the country. This is where we want to be eventually. And so he commended and saluted Coach Sampson and staff and the players for how they played defense, the physicality, the athleticism, the length, and all those things. And he said something that Coach Sampson said last two games. This is what we want, guys. We want the competition. We want to play against the best. We play against one of the best teams tonight. And Chris, a top 25 win because we know how how crucial that top 25 number is. To, um, to, to certain fans, to some fans, yeah. But QT win uh, for the Cougs, though, yeah. Interesting, a quad two win. Um, what I, I did want to talk about, one of the other things. That, quad two uh, win against a ranked opponent. Yeah, because it's 2023 like, for you. They're, right like, they're like 32, you know, and it's a home game too as well. If this was 32 at Lubbock, it'd be a quad one. So it's one through 30 for the right. for the, when you're playing at home. Right. So on that topic um, of the postgame press conference, I saw it from um, one of the tweets that we mentioned before you hopped on, but Calvin Sampson had high praise for LJ Choir, specifically his defense in this win against Texas Tech. Yes, he did. He, he said LJ and Jamal kind of said it as well, that LJ's defense was a spark to them. To, L, to Jamal, he saw how, how locked in LJ was defensively. That kind of set a tone for Jamal and, and other players. And Coach Sampson commended LJ. He said to him, said to us, LJ, don't worry about scoring. You just play good defense. We'll figure out the rest. Hey, LJ keeps doing that. He'll be fine. He'll, 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 he got good looks. He'll be fine. Defense was consistent from him for the most part. That's what you want to see. Any other takeaways from the postgame presser? He he said, and now you, you kind of like this. Um, he wanted to get Juan touches in the in on the low block. He moved him from one block, first half, different side, second half because of how Tech was defending him. But Coach Sampson said, and this struck stuck with me. He said, sometimes I have to believe in Juan more than he believes in himself. And Juwan said, I asked ask him his thoughts on that after the comment. He said, yeah, sometimes coach believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. You know, we get down and missing a shot we, or we have a missed rotation or something like that. Coach Samson just says, next play, move on to the next play, make up for it, don't worry about it. On. And Juwan said, you want to play for a coach like that. You want to play for a coach who believes in you and sometimes believes in you more than you believe in yourself because he trusts you that you'll get it done and he'll keep going to you out of that belief. Yeah, and, and I bet this is the first time in Jay Wan's career, probably probably felt this sometimes last year as well, that he's been counted on to, to score the basketball. I would like to ask him that. I don't know that for certain, but observing and following his game and hearing um, what I've heard from him speak and just – um, from the reporting and all of that, I would bet that I'm not surprised with that statement because I would um, imagine this one of the first times that he's been counted on as a scorer and been pounded into him like you have the ability to do it. Look, you can do it. Do it. 
mm-hmm. along with like we said before you jumped on and we talked just about this in previous episode was he's still yet to face up and shoot even the mid-range jump shot yeah even not even the three but at least the mid-range he's been working there for four or five years so i think that goes back into his comment echo samson comment with believing in him and and improving that confidence in him that they believe which allow him to play freely and play more confident and play through some of the highs and lows within the basketball game. Yeah, Dan, absolutely. Like we touched on before, Chris hopped on early in the show, but yeah, just from just from observing, like you can clearly tell that they see uh, Jawan Roberts as one of their go-to scorers. When they need a basket, they go to him in the post. And like we mentioned earlier, more often than not, he comes through. Chris, um, before we begin to wrap things up, next opponent for Houston, Saturday afternoon inside the Fertitta Center, but a familiar opponent, but a very tough opponent that has two big wins. Obviously, we talked about Kansas a couple days ago when they beat them in Orlando. Well, tonight they went to Austin and they beat the Longhorns in Texas. UCF, what do you see from them? And and it's going to be another tough opponent. All games in Big 12 are, but a familiar foe. Knights are playing very good basketball heading into this matchup. They are, and they outscored the Horns by 18 in the second half on the road to beat the Horns by six. They were down 12 at halftime and outscored Texas 45-27 second half to win that game. Coach Dawkins, you know, UCF has, has come in this building and won a couple of times. Mm. <laughs> when highly touted teams, raucous crowds, so it won't be anything new for Coach Dawkins. You know, he can tell the players, we've come in here and won in this place before. Mm-hmm. Coach Sam can tell his players, we faced them and lost to these guys before. So we know this is not going to be an easy matchup. I'm looking forward to it. It's 1 o'clock on, on uh, plus. But I'm like, salute to them. You know, we can t- other horn shows can talk about Coach Terry's comments about the horns down stuff, whatever, you know. <laughs> Give me a break. That's what kids do. I mean, whatever. You should be more upset about giving up, being outscored by 18 points in the second half to UCF. But anyway, should be a tough matchup. UCF, I think, is they're also 2-2 two two in conference play. Yeah. Who's got to protect home court? And they'll be locked in because all they have to be told, we faced them before. They just won in Austin. So let's go get it done. Yeah, like you mentioned, they big wins. It doesn't matter whether it was in Orlando or anywhere. Anytime you beat Kansas, it is a big deal. You got to be a really good team to be able to pull that off. Um, Chris, what you think of this? We mentioned it before you hopped on, but only okay. It, numbers never lie. Data. Houston shot one hundred percent from the free throw line in this game. Only shot three, and they all came courtesy of Jamal Shed. Interesting in terms of. I mean, the way that shook out, that shook out, I think that's the first time I've seen that in the game for Houston. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. <laughs> you know, that uh, the Coos only took, Jamal Shea took all three free throws for the team. They were rolling so so well in the second half, you know, shooting, what's that, 64% in the second half. It was a non-factor. The refs let them play. Both teams play. Texas Tech only had nine fouls in the game total and only three in the second half. So they weren't fouling. You could argue their defense, they weren't even close enough to be physical <laughs> with Houston <laughs> on, on some of the some of the drives and things like that. But it's a rarity. I think it'll be called differently 
on Saturday. And if so, the Cougs will adjust and go from there. Dan, you got anything to add? Uh, <clears throat> no, excuse me. No, not really. No, I think so, this is that pretty much is going to do it for today. One thing I want to say before we close it out. Yep, go ahead, Chris. Coach Sampson mentioned that JoJo Tugler is not ready to play at the four consistently because he's not, he's still thinking too much, overthinking how to handle switches on guards and stuff like that. So you might see Ramon Walker more at the four spot because Ramon has more experience and he knows what to do on switches. Just something to toss out there for the fans. Which, I mean, damn, to your point, you mentioned it yeah. earlier. Yeah. He looks uncomfortable at times. So, um, very, uh, very, like you said, most definitely very interesting comments from Coach Calvin Sampson. But, yeah, you can kind of see it. Freshman at times looks like he's thinking more than just reaction or reacting. That's going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Um, like we mentioned, thank you to each and every single one of you guys that took the time to watch this on a Wednesday night, whether it be on any of our platforms on X.com, a part of Jamma YouTube channel, or if you're watching us on the Houston Rombaugh Review YouTube channel. Be uh, Thank you to Juan, Apollo, Raul, Rusty, for, and everyone else that took time to comment on today's episode. If you're watching us audio only or the next day on any of these platforms, thank you as well. This is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxinian family. So big shout out to Steve Saxinian for being a primary sponsor, not only of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, but each and every single men's basketball postgame show this regular season. Let's Rage Cougs, the original postgame show for each and every single Houston Cougars football and men's basketball game and the only postgame show to be retweeted by head coach Kelvin Sampson. <clears throat> Shameless plug. And, of course, thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode, Star Pizza, with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of the locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. That being said, Chris, I'll toss it over to you. Any final thoughts that you want to add before we close things out? No, just great job by you two guys carrying the show. Coach McCaslin was a little later than we expected at Hort or hoped to come talk to the media. So that kind of pushed me back for hopping on the show, but it's okay. Thank you everyone for watching. Let's Rage Cougs. Thank you for your comments, <laughs> your questions. Spread the word about our show. As Andy said, we are the original post-game show for Houston football and men's basketball. Follow me on the platforms, Houston Round Bar View on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that channel. Or follow me on threads, Instagram, TikTok, at Houston Round Bar View, Spotable as well. And we'll see you on Saturday afternoon. Yes, sir. To follow on up, be sure to subscribe to whatever platform you're watching, whether it be on Podslam Jamma YouTube. If you're watching on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube, x.com, hit the follow, hit the like, and be sure to support us in that way. Thank you again for all of you guys for joining. If you guys want to follow me on my personal Twitter, that's Aonis underscore five. With that being said, Dayan, I'll toss it over to you. You get the final word and any closing thoughts. First and foremost, thank you to all the supporters. Everyone that commented and watched and react um, to the show. We, we wouldn't really, well, we would, but we wouldn't be able to really do this without your support. And, of course, thank you to Andy and Chris. Of course, it's always a pleasure joining alongside you guys. And 
Much needed win today. Shout out to the general, Jamal Shedd, man. Point guard masterclass tonight from start to finish. I mean, from the decision making to the shot making to the creating, everything that you did from mentality to intensity really set the tone tonight. And I want to commend you. Hats off to you, Jamal. Good win. Can't wait for Saturday. Go Cougs.